On this episode of the Fashion Startup Show, I'm joined by Kelly Newton, the founder of Nixie Body Underwear, who produce leak-proof, VPL-free and sustainable underwear for periods and bladder leaks. Along with her co-founder and reproductive health content creator, Connie Longdon-Jefferson, the duo are on a mission to offer amazing products and create visibility around some of these issues. I first met Kelly a few years back when she got in touch with her very first ideas of setting up a fashion startup brand and didn't really know where to go next. Keep listening as she shares her journey and some of her highs and lows, which are pure gold for any budding fashion startup. Welcome to the Fashion Startup Podcast, a show inspiring you to start a fashion brand. I'm your host, Michelle Ramsey, and I'll be sharing my industry knowledge on what it's really like to launch a brand. Join me as I talk about tips and strategies alongside other guest experts and hear real life experiences from founders of recently launched fashion brands. Get inspired and make this the year you follow your dreams. Thanks so much for joining me today, Kelly. Would you like to give everyone a bit of an introduction to yourself and when you started the business and what you yeah. do? Uh, yeah, of course. Hi, Michelle. Lovely to speak to you. So I'm Kelly and I'm 50 years old and I have six children and a husband. So I'm quite a busy person anyway. And then on top of that, I decided to start my own business selling washable absorbent and discreet knickers, as you said, for leaks and periods. This was after my own issues with stress and urge incontinence and not liking what was already on the market and not wanting to use obviously disposable sanitary products. Yeah, and I founded the, the business. I started trading in June 2019, but I'd had the idea a couple of years previous to that, but just hadn't had the, I suppose, the confidence really to, to and, and the knowledge to know about how to set a business up like that. My, my kind of background is I've been a foster carer for the past 17 years. So I've been bringing up my children and other children for them for that for, since 20 years. My eldest son's 21. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah, so safe to say then that when you kind of decided you were going to go ahead with this, you were completely new to the industry, were sort of like complete novice around, you know, kind of how this all works, etc. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I play hockey, so I like to keep fit. And how it came about was I was kind of playing hockey. And every time I stretched for the ball, I would leak. So I'm like, right, okay. So I, I was wearing pads, but I kept thinking, I really don't want to wear pads. I hadn't worn pads in a long time. I'd had a hysterectomy, you know, a few years previous to that, so didn't have periods anymore. So I decided that evening to kind of start researching the most absorbent fabric that I could find. Uh, and what I found was, what that I could buy over the internet was Terry Towling. So I thought, right, I'm going to get some of that and I'm going to make myself a pair of knickers. So basically just used an old pair of knickers and sewed some of this terry towel into my knickers and actually it did the job and I was like oh this is really good so I'm telling my friends at hockey this is what I've done because they all leak as well because they're all older women like me and everyone's like this is such a good idea this is a really good idea so I thought there's got to be some mileage in this so I looked online I saw some knickers online but you know I still want to look nice and feel attractive although obviously I don't look like that today a mess but sometimes I do want to look nice and feel attractive. And actually, underwear is a really important part of, of feeling that, I think. 
so yeah the knickers on the market weren't great so I thought right I'm going to design my own knickers so I drew a picture in a notebook and then forgot about it and yeah so you know life carried I then started a part-time job I was going through the menopause so I was kind of feeling really up and down and not feeling particularly good about myself and then my husband found my drawing in the notebook and said what is this and I said oh it's just an idea I had and I told him about it and he was like this is bloody brilliant you need to do this oh I don't know I, you know I know nothing about how to do any of this and he said no this is a great idea and then I told my MD at work and she was exactly the same she said this is an excellent idea at the time the job that I had all the money that I earned each month I was putting into an account because me and my husband are like desperate to buy a camper van so I was telling my MD and she said the money that you've saved for your camper van you need to spend that on setting up your business she said because I promise you you're going to end up you could buy 10 camper vans how well this idea is going to do and she's actually one of the people that gave me the confidence to to start looking into how to do it but it 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 was not easy until I found you, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually distinctly remember getting your email. I know this probably sounds unbelievable because I get, you know, hundreds of, of emails, but I, I always have sort of instant connections with people. And I remember your, your email was pretty much, you know, I've had this idea. I really want to go ahead with it. I've spoken to the girls at hockey. I've had some amazing feedback. I'm probably really crazy because I've never done anything like this before, but I want to go ahead and do it. Yes. And I remember yeah. also finding out that you had six kids. <laughs> when is Kelly going to find the time to like, get all of this in and her job and all of that? Oh, bless you. I think with my email, I think I was embarrassed. I just obviously suffering with stress and urge incontinence anyway it's such a taboo subject and yeah. although I speak quite freely about it now and you've yes. obviously seen my socials you know I we do tend to yeah. touch on some quite taboo subjects I think part of me was, was always kind of waiting for somebody to say that's a terrible idea what are you thinking about you know it's never going to work and in fact only one person who I've told has said to me what a ridiculous idea why would you, why would you think about doing that Oh, actually, and there was another lady that I'd contacted about getting a sample made. And she said to me, I remember her saying to me, you do know there are lots of pairs of knickers like this on the market. It's, there's quite a, a healthy kind of competition out there already. And I remember thinking, well, actually, no, mine are different. Mine aren't like those other knickers. And when you go into a shop and you're looking for shampoo, there's not just one shampoo on yeah. the shelf. People like choice. And and I always remember somebody saying that to me and I thought, well, I'm not going to let that stop me. I totally believe in my idea. Yeah, I just thought I'm not going to let one person yeah. say to me that that's not going to work. As far as I was concerned, I had total faith in what I was doing and I still do now. And I still think, you know, there's such a huge market for yeah. my knickers and for because of the sustainability and because of the, you know, how many millions of people suffer with stress and urge incontinence and also half of the population menstruates so these knickers will always be in demand somebody will always want these knickers so yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's got me a kind of a long time to get to that yes. feeling confident about it but that's how I feel about it now yeah yeah and like how amazing as well to have that support you know from your friends and like feedback at the hockey club support from your MD support from your husband because 
I think that this is a sort of like a really common theme when people are first starting out, especially when they're not from the industry and they've just got this idea. Yeah. It's this huge sort of minefield, isn't it? Of, well, where do you start? And also, because I'm not from this background, is this an insane idea? You know, actually, yeah. somebody said to me a few weeks ago, she said something about who am I to step into that sort of, you know, fashion field? Yeah. And that kind of really brought it home to me, you know, because obviously, you know, I, I do see this all of the time, but because I am in the fashion industry, I kind of, you know, wel- welcoming everyone into yeah. this, but there's often those sort of insecurities and like you touched on Absolutely. in the beginning about, you know, not having the knowledge and just sort of not having that confidence to to kind of pursue it. But yeah, no, it's so true. That's yeah. so so true. But you, I, I look at you know at the time. That's how I felt. You know, I, but like the person you're speaking to, who am I to to yeah. try and do this? I've got no experience in this whatsoever. I've been bringing up children for however many years, and you know, being I've been at home. So yeah, yeah, you're right. But there are so many people out there that you can utilize and and that's the great thing about business it's always somebody out there is going to know more than you and you utilize those people and I have I cannot tell you how much I have learned from from setting up my own business and I'm actually so proud of myself the things that I can do I set up my own website I couldn't even turn on a computer I won't lie to you I didn't know how to turn on a computer but I, I set my own website up Uh, you know from YouTube basically they taught me how to do that I know how to do Facebook ads I can now communicate with the manufacturers that I use and if I'm not happy about something I can go back and say actually no that's not what I wanted this is what I want can you change and do that I didn't feel confident about doing that at the beginning I've grown so much as as a businesswoman I'm I'm really actually very proud of myself and so and I always say to people if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I've got, you know, my children, I say to them, listen, look, I, this is what I've done. If I can do it, you can go out and you can do anything. You can be anything you want to be. And, and actually, I really do believe that now. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's good. And I also think that initially, there's, there's often this sort of like real lack of, of confidence. And it is because of the lack of knowledge. Would you agree, sort of the more you kind of learn about things and the more that you sort of realize you know what it is that you've got to do like what are the next steps that you need to take like you don't have to have it all planned out you don't have to have the next five years absolutely planned out. it's about thinking about okay what you know what do I need to do to you know start getting your designs then what what about sampling what about fabrics what about manufacture it's kind of like you don't have to have everything sorted no. out you can learn as as you know as you go along and like yeah. you say you know the things that you can't do yourself that's that's the time to draft in the professionals isn't absolutely, it absolutely absolutely it's like with the business now so I had my own website set up to start and then I decided oh, I'm going to put stuff on Amazon having no no knowledge of Amazon at all and I must have spent honestly it feels like six months trying to set up on Amazon I couldn't do it for the love of God I was just losing so much patience and I'd be crying um but then I found somebody who is an absolute Amazon whiz. He's actually a friend of my cousin's and he, you know, works for my cousin. So he introduced us. And once he explained to me what I needed to do, I got it all done in a weekend. And it was like, I've spent six months of my time 
which I could have utilized that time so much better just by outsourcing that to somebody who knows what they're doing. It's been good in a way. It's been a really good lesson for me because it means I know everything about my business. So everything that's happening now, I've done, I've managed to do, you know, with help from people, but I've managed to do it on my own. So I've got a real good knowledge of of my business, which I, I would suggest to everybody, anybody, don't just straight away outsource stuff investigate see if there's things that you can do before you hand it over to somebody um but I'm now literally I'm at the next stage of my business where I need to I need to take it to the next stage and I'm feeling overwhelmed about that but I've joined lots of different groups I'm on a NatWest Accelerator group which I've made so many great really lovely people I've met on there already who are giving me some great ideas and suggesting the next way to make those steps I'm talking to somebody about funding. I've had a, three or four people that I know who want to invest in my company, you know, and it's just through me speaking about it and being proud about it and, you know, friends knowing it and loving it and my fabulous customers that I've got and the people that follow me on social media. It's only because of all of that, that these opportunities are coming up. Yeah. So it's overwhelming and exciting. Um, but again, like I say, honestly, if I can do this, anybody can do it (laughs) I think as well one thing that you just touched on there which I think is really important to kind of grasp as well about running any kind of business not just a fashion brand but this idea that it there are always cycles as well so you kind of master something and then it's you know time to kind of up level your business or move your business into a different direction or explore something else yeah. And you're you're a beginner again, you know, and, you know, yeah. I mean, I've been running my business now for eight years and I'm, I still have those, you know, so, you know, whatever it is that you're going on and doing yeah. the next stage in, you kind of go back to that beginner stage. But yes. I think sometimes that frightens people, but it's often, you know, I think comforting to realize that we're all as as business owners Absolutely. in that position and we're yeah. all kind of you know finding yeah. out about what we need to do what what skills we lack in like you say what you can outsource what you can learn yourself yeah. and just realize that it doesn't stop when your product comes in from your manufacturer oh my god absolutely uh, uh, there's a great graph that says where I am and where I want to be and it's like the line that goes straight across but your actual journey as a business person yeah. is up and lots of troughs yeah. peaks and troughs yeah. peaks and troughs you know all over the place and that's so true um you're so right you I just you know you you just get to grips with something and I and you think she's I remember I just set up the website and started to sell knickers I don't know where people were finding me because I wasn't doing any ads or google I didn't know anything about any of that and then it all kind of took off because women's running magazine I'd sent a sample to them and they had decided that they were the best in the test I got five stars and they all kind of went a bit mad and my sales started coming in and that but at that stage, I just got my packaging. I just I didn't know about envelopes and stuff, you know, all of these things. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to get. But I just got that all straight. And then something else came up. And I, I was like you said, I thought I've got this all sussed. This is brilliant. I know exactly what I'm doing. But then it comes to the next stage. And, and then you have to think about these other things I hadn't really considered before. So, yeah, all um, peaks and yeah. troughs. Absolutely. Brilliant. So one thing I wanted to ask you about is, and one thing that I think you do extremely well is um, connect with your audience. 
so you touched upon you know like kind of getting yourself out there and also you know how you market your brand but I think you know if anyone follows your social media absolutely love what you do I just can see you know exactly why that would connect with your audience how do you how did you arrive at that like how did you sort of decide that what you were going to sort of stand for and yeah. it's one of the things that I talk about in um the fashion startup academy a lot is kind of you know establishing your brand values and what you stand for what is important to you and what you kind of that foundation is something that you then start to make decisions on throughout your business it's what you build everything else upon it's very very important when you get to that marketing stage and putting yourself yeah. out there yeah well I'm, I'm really lucky I met I was on a, a free NatWest course learning about social media and I met this fantastic young lady called Connie who we clicked and she she basically she does content and I needed content for my website and then she does and she does social media and she actually already works in women's health so it was a great kind of part we're basically a partnership now so she does all of my social media but we 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 chat every week and we talk about you know what posts we want to do and I want to cover all of women's health basically I mean my target audience this is the problem that I it's a great problem to have the problem is I have such a vast audience you know target audience so my knickers work for periods and incontinence so I've got from nine years old up to 90 years old and at the beginning again I was really overwhelmed thinking how do I target each of these age groups so what we try to do I mean I'm obviously I'm 50 years old I'm going through the menopause I've had endometriosis I've had a hysterectomy and I suffer from uh, incontinence We, we tend to try to aim things more at that kind of age group so nothing is off limits but also so we talk about some really serious subjects but I also I like to have a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh about things and Connie's the same Connie is great with the period stuff I've obviously not had periods for about 10 years now thank god but so she knows about she she can remember all of that stuff she she's going through it so but everything's kind of hopefully a little bit tongue-in-cheek because I always feel if you've got a sense of humor about things, things are actually a lot easier to talk about. And I'm happy to put myself out there now. I used to get really embarrassed at the beginning. I used to think my friends are watching these lives or my friends are seeing these posts. But do you know what? If they think that I'm being an idiot, they wouldn't be my friend. So I have to remember they're seeing this stuff. They know what I'm like. I like to have fun. At, you know have a laugh about stuff and hopefully they're laughing along with me so you know it's these these are such important topics that we're talking about and I'm happy to talk about them so kind of that's that's where we are we're at really you know women's health is is at such a, a massive minefield and you can get information for everyone we, well, we don't go too much in depth in bits and pieces but we we will put it out there and make people think about stuff yeah and, and it's complementary to the pro- to the products that you're selling you know it's relevant and also it's home to your to your customers I yes. think as well one thing that you've touched upon there was um this idea of having quite a wide audience and one of the things that I work with um my my clients is to really try and define who that ideal customer is and mm-hmm. it's I actually think when you come to it for the first time as a business owner or potential business or no when you haven't yet got that audience 
you know, thinking about who you're trying to target, everyone always goes for that huge wide audience, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's it's really difficult to kind of sometimes get people to rein that in. But if you can yeah. think about who your core customer is, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily excluding everyone yeah. else. It just means that your things like your branding message and your marketing then yeah. become so much more clear and you're very it becomes easier, doesn't it? You know, Absolutely. As a to then think, yeah. okay. This is really going to resonate with people and like I say you know it's so say for example in clothing it doesn't mean you know that people out with that defined core audience are not going to buy your product and you're not necessarily yeah. excluding them but it's just sort of defining that core message yeah it? but I think you no, do it so I think you do it very well and I love Thank the you. fact that you show you and your personality and I think it's brilliant what you've done Thank so you. let's talk about when you were sort of first setting up. So obviously we worked together on your um, designs and your tech packs. What what kind of happened after that? And how do you think that, um, how would you say your time scales went, you know, in terms of yeah. just starting, getting to know me and working together and then kind of getting to do things with factories, sampling, manufacture, all of that type of thing. How yeah. did that all go for you and how how long did all of that take for your first product? Okay, so obviously you'd done the tech pack for me. So we talked about the designs. I'd sent you some ideas and whatnot. So I've got my tech pack. I need to find a factory now. That's what I'm thinking is the next the next kind of um, step. So I, as far as I was concerned, everything was going to be made over here in the UK. It was all going to be, you know, British made, whatever. I couldn't find a factory for love nor money. I found one factory and he said to me, right, you need to get a sample made up. So then I trying to find someone to make a sample, contacted this one lady who said to me, uh, oh, there's loads of these knickers on the market already. She offered to make a sample and it was £1,500. And I thought, oh, hang on a sec. You know, that's a lot of money. And I needed to source the fabrics as well, which again, I couldn't find. I just didn't know where to find the fabrics from this said you know stupid I was naive so I thought right well okay I'm gonna look at China because I can't get it made over here I didn't know where else to look so there was I basically went on to it's Alibaba I think yeah went on to there and there were there were manufacturers already selling knickers period knickers so they've got the technology over there we what we did we didn't make any new technology any new fabrics it was basically the design that's so different to anything else out there. So I sent off for some samples from a couple of different manufacturers. The samples came through. I disregarded a couple of them already. They were not very well made and the fabric wasn't great and they weren't absorbent. So there was two knickers that that were made pretty well. So I then contacted the people and said, do you make from other people's designs? So they said, yes, uh, it was £150. And I thought, well, that's and, and they provided the fabrics as well. So I told them what fabrics we wanted to use. And then I had both of these knickers come through and one of them just stood out from the other, you know, really, really well made. The fabric was fantastic. They were super absorbent and a commun- the communication was fantastic from there. So I just ummed and ahed and then I thought, right, let's just go for it. Very naively ordered 4,000 pairs. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought that that sounded okay. It didn't even, I had no website set up at that stage. I didn't know how I was going to sell them. 
but I just thought if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And I'm, I'm really not one of those people that says I'm going to do this, that and the other and never do it. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm jolly well going to do it, which is why I'm always very careful to not say something that's too outlandish because obviously I've committed as soon as it's come out of my mouth, I've committed. So yeah, that was kind of the journey. And I always remember the, um, the knickers arriving, you know, box after box after box. And my husband was like, where are we going to put all these? I said, I have no idea. So I'd cleared out the spare room upstairs. So they were all stacked up there. And yeah, it's kind of, then I had to think about where I was going to sell them and set up the website. That, that was how that all came about. So probably from the time that you designed the knickers to the time that I actually ordered the knickers was probably about three months. And then the knickers arrived about three months after that. Yeah. So it was six months after you'd designed the knickers for me. Yeah. And I actually think that that's an ideal scenario, like that time scale that you've mapped out there is quite typical if like things go really well. So yeah. I like the fact as well that in the beginning you sort of investigated a few different factories. Um, were you surprised at sort of the difference between things like quality and communication? Because what I always say is, it's probably a really terrible analogy, but I, I always say that finding a factory is a little bit like dating mm. because you kind of have to find someone that you gel with that you trust yeah. and also you know someone's experience with one factory might be different to your experience with the factory yeah. and also how they communicate and what kind of product it is etc so what you know did that come as a bit of a surprise when you were sort of scoping out various manufacturers oh yeah definitely because you know the there's such a, a vast difference between the the quality of one pair of knickers to another pair of knickers so you're paying the same price but, you know, straight away, as soon as these were coming through, it was I was just disregarding that. That's just crap. That's crap. But to find the manufacturer that I've got, they're so fantastic. They're so lovely. I deal with all of the women. They're all women there. They're all really kind. They're lovely. It's a really good factory. Everybody's well looked after. Everybody's well paid. You know, they've, they, they're sustainable. Everything's sustainable. So it was for me it was a no-brainer I, I actually did use another factory for something else because I had another design and I ordered some knickers and the samples that came through were fab when the knickers came through the it was it was not good at all and that actually that was another that was an expensive lesson that I learned because I, I at the time thought you know I've got this amazing factory but say something happens and they can't look after me anymore I think I need to find somebody else yeah. as a backup and I actually, the knickers that I got from them, I don't sell anymore because I'm just, I wasn't happy with the quality. And a couple of customers commented on the quality as well. So yeah, when you find a factory, a manufacturer that you're really pleased with, yeah. it, it makes such a difference, a huge yeah. difference. Definitely. And I think there are lots of lessons, you know, to be learned there with um, some of the things that you've been saying. And one of the things is, you know, I always talk about when you get your tech packs done professionally, then it allows you to be able to move factories like this. So if you've got, you know, if, you, if you're sending it to two, three, four factories, maybe you go with one for your production, something happens, maybe the factory falls or, you know, whatever it might be. If you have that, that blueprint, that tech pack, it then allows you to go on and explore other 
you know avenues because um you know some you know I'm not saying that this is necessarily right or wrong but some manufacturers will provide like a total in-house service where they'll design everything for you as well but sometimes it can be quite difficult to get that IP from them if you want to move you know so that's happened a few times with with clients so um did you find it quite easy then to be able to transition to someone else when that happened yeah I mean they've I've always used this this particular manufacturer I only I tested out the other one but they it didn't work for me so I've always stayed with this particular company the only thing I would say what what happened was because I then sent my tech pack to this other company within literally about three months I saw that my my knickers had been designed and you know my knickers are very distinctive because of the the scalloped edging and I'd actually received an email from a different Chinese manufacturer saying these are the knickers that we can offer you so I thought just out of interest I'll have a look and see what they've got and my actual design was on there so I had to send like a cease and desist email to them and they took them straight away they were they weren't the manufacturers, they were a middleman. And I, I've read so many things about yeah. you have to be so careful when dealing with China. But touch wood, I've not seen any other copies of the knickers. So, and I know that's not my original fa- factory. I, I actually yeah. trust them. They're such good people. This, I'm sure, has come from where I've sent my tech pack off to another factory to get them to make it to see you know, how the quality was. And then, you know, literally about three months after that. So for me, it must have been this other factory. So you, again, you have to be so, so careful with these yeah. things. Yeah. And I guess as well, having that, um, that document then allows you to say, you know, this is my IP. I will own the copyright yeah. to this. This is mine, you know, whereas again, yeah. if you, if they'd handled everything in house, you kind of haven't got any control over that side. Of well, I think the pro- like yeah, the problem is you've got, you've got a design you can have a design patent but you'd need to get it in every single country so if I was to get a design patent here that'd be fine if somebody over here tried to copy it then I could take them to court but with China I I haven't actually got a design yeah it comes it becomes so so difficult and they do tend to get away with a lot more over there which is another worry about everything but I actually think my business is at the stage now where actually you know people recognize my design my branding and if anyone was to copy it I you know there would I'm hoping that there would be a way around us being able to stop them but oh gosh I don't know that's another worry about running your own business and doing these things yeah just going back to talking about getting samples from different factories as well um one of the things that I kind of often hear people it's sort of like a misconception that people have is that you know, if you're going to pay a higher price, you're going to get a better product. And I always say that sometimes that's just not the case. Like you, it's logical. And I mm. can see why people think that, you know, you would think if, if you're going to send something, get three samples and you've maybe got, you know, a cheaper factory, one middle of the road, a more expensive factory. Logic tells you that the more expensive factory is yeah. going to potentially have nicer fabrics, you know, they're the care that they've taken over the manufacturer etc is going to be much higher and better but it's just not the case isn't it not and that's why I always kind of say as well when you're in at the sampling stage not to put all of your eggs in one basket and kind of say you know it's 
I mean, if you were, you know, getting a new bathroom put in, you'd kind of go and get three different quotes and yes. you've got to sort of explore all of those avenues, haven't you? And um, yeah. it's yeah, interesting that you kind of found found some of that out as well. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, definitely. I mean, you need to be able to look at everything. It's not just the price, it's the quality. And, and a lot of it for me was, you know, the sustainability side of it as well, because wanting to do it all over here, I wanted to make sure that, all the packaging that was sent over it was recyclable and thing and and that's how it all came over so there's you know you've you've got your kind of your point where you you know what's going to work for you and and price obviously is massively included in that but there's other things that come with it as well so you have to take all of that into consideration definitely so what is happening with bp3 underwear just now what are your plans for the future Okay, so I've always concentrated on women and incontinence and periods, but I had a friend and my dad actually asking, when are you going to do men's pants? Because obviously men suffer with incontinence as well. And there's actually not that much out on the market. So uh, we've, yeah, we're going into pants next, basically. Men struggle to talk about these issues as well I mean women obviously it's a taboo subject for both sexes but women tend to talk more to their friends yes. and men don't do that men keep it all kind of in and they're embarrassed and, and I've actually had men buying my knickers to wear I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they're not all weirdos um I'm sure that you know there's a lot of them that are too embarrassed to go into the shop to buy them so so yeah our next line is going to be men's pants we so I've currently got my website I sell on Amazon we were approached by Decathlon uh, so we sell on Decathlon we've been approached by Mountain Warehouse we did the pharmacy show recently and was inundated with chemists and we were approached by Boots um so we've had a chat a couple of chats with Boots I'm not quite sure what's going on with that at the moment but you know hopefully fingers crossed I'm now selling wholesale to Amazon yeah so not just selling on my own through Amazon Prime FBA Amazon are now buying from me to sell on Amazon so that's quite exciting the next stage for me which is why I need I need like a mentor or something like that because it's completely out of any of my I'm completely overwhelmed I keep talking about being overwhelmed but I'm really overwhelmed about this is taking it abroad so going over you know to Europe and those kind of places and knowing how to get those kind of those steps in place so yeah it's exciting it is exciting amazing it sounds like you've got lots of irons in the fire and lots of exciting things happening so what would your if you could give a a top tip about sort of getting product out there what would you share because you've obviously got lots of things going on now and what I often see with a lot of startup brands is I think I touched on this earlier but this sort of misconception of it finishes when you get your product delivered and Mm -hmm. it's almost like no actually that's when it really starts because you've now been through that journey you've got the product made you now need to turn this into a viable business and start actually selling this product so what kind of tips could you share to help people get their product out there if they're just you know really stuck about how to do that yeah I've got loads of tips I'm literally what you just said I was like field of dreams build it and they will come and nobody turned up nobody was looking at my website because they don't know who I am so um it used to be Facebook ads 
but now Facebook ads dead in the water. I don't, I, I would not, I mean, maybe have a traffic kind of ad going on Facebook and there's lots of, you can look up how to do Facebook ads. I can do Facebook ads. Anyone can do Facebook ads. There's an amazing book that I would recommend called Hype Yourself by Lucy Werner. And oh my God, that taught me so much about PR, basically. I have been in so many magazines now. And every time I'm in a magazine, they always mention my business and I get lots of hits on the website and get sales through that. So um, I'm actually going to be in Women's Own in a couple of weeks time. We're going to be in Pick Me Up, is it, magazine? I've been asked to be on uh, a documentary about incontinence. And again, they're going to be, they're going to mention the business, which again is really exciting. Podcasts, I've been on a few podcasts now, which is exciting, really exciting. There's a Facebook group. I'm pretty sure you're on it. Are you on Lightbulb? Yes, Lightbulb for Entrepreneurs and Business Owners is, is absolutely fantastic. Twitter. Uh, hashtag journal request that's another one anything that you can see that one is connected to the work that you're doing the product that you're selling or two and this has been brilliant for me is just something that actually you're doing so there was a particular one where they were looking for people who who buy their furniture but don't pay full price for it and I'm like yeah that's me I can my whole house is decked out in furniture that's cheaper than it should be And I was on a double page of the sun with my business mentioned. And I can't tell you how many hits I got on sales just from that. So it's not even related to the business, but it's just about getting your name out there and people recognizing branding. Make sure your branding's really strong. And Lucy talks a lot about that in her book because people recognize, you know, the cut, my, my logo is bright pink. And people see that pink and they know that that's that's my brand. Yeah, all of those things. But honestly, by Lucy's book, it was such a game changer for me. Such a huge yeah. game changer. Yeah. Amazing. And I'll um, link the I'll link um, that book in the, sh- the show notes as well for anyone Brilliant. who wants to check that out. Yeah. One thing that you just mentioned there that I think is really, really important is um, and we sort of kind of touched on it earlier about when we were talking about, you know, connecting with your audience. I think as well, a lot of people are a little bit frightened to sort of show the face behind the brand. Or do you agree mm-hmm. with that? And it can, it can feel like really strange. I remember even when I very first started my business and, you know, the thought of kind of doing a video or going live on Instagram, I was That's kind of like, who wants to even see this, you know, but people do, people are interested, people are also nosy, you know, like yes. people kind of want to know who you are, what's going on, and, you know, as well as sort of telling that story of, you know, why you started the business, and it just kind of creates that deeper connection with you, doesn't yeah. it? But yeah, yeah. I think it's not easy though yeah I totally agree with you I mean it's all very well me being in magazines and newspapers and whatnot but like you say with the the lives I hate them I hate them with a vengeance I hate it I'm so common I hate how I sound sound for starters like who wants to listen to my dulcet tones but also just being I mean I can do reels I love doing reels I love doing TikTok but having to speak like this on a live is the the worst thing that I can ever do and that really take I have to really push myself to get myself out of the out of my comfort zone and do things like that 
and I always get a really lovely reception I always get lovely messages after I've done it and I think oh I'm going to do another one and then I will literally physically be sick thinking about having to do another one honestly I hate it <laughs> it's hard it's, it's kind of like we put those blocks in our way don't we you know and um yeah you have all of these thoughts about how people will see you view you you know like who's gonna see this is the people that you used to go to school with gonna yeah. you know, like people who literally don't matter to your business because they're not your yes. clients so yes. you've just got to kind of forget about that haven't you and yeah. remember that you're speaking you're, the things that you're doing is to connect with your clients etc yeah. that's amazing there's some yeah. fabulous who cares what those people are? you know what I, I used to be like that as well like thinking about oh what would the mum from the football club say yeah. Um, she's you know gonna say well, who does she think she is and then yes. I'll think to myself yeah. I'll tell you who I am actually I'm a bloody good businesswoman that's who I am and I've designed knickers that people love so that's yeah. who I am so yeah. you know screw you kind of thing it's, you, you do need to you really do take yourself out of your comfort zone but I, I do think this is the best thing I've ever done I've yeah. I've I'm just I'm really proud of myself I know I keep saying it but I am really proud that I was able yeah. to do any of what I've done yeah, um, and so you should be definitely. Oh, <laughs> so finally let's just wrap this up and I would like you to think back to when you were very first starting so like before you even sent me that email telling me about your amazing idea for this brand and at that position where you were then what do you think that you needed to hear from your future self to kind of encourage you to do this I, I think I need to hear that it, it was all going to be okay, that you can do this, you are, you're braver than you think you are, you're actually more intelligent than you give yourself credit for, and it's, you know, you're going to make mistakes, oh my god, I've made so many mistakes, expensive mistakes, but I have learned, I've learned so much from every mistake that I've made, and I used to think that was such a ridiculous thing for people to say you know or you, you learn from your mistakes but you actually really I've really learned from them and I'm really proud as well I remember my first negative feedback I ever got I couldn't sleep I was crying I was so upset but the way I dealt with it my husband said to me you just need to email them back you know and and speak to them and and deal with it and I dealt with it and I felt so much better and I thought rather than just sweeping that under the carpet and not not dealing with it it's always better to deal with things head on and and that's actually what I do with everything now I never used to I used to yeah. no 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 I'm not going to deal with that if I can't see it I can't worry about it but dealing with stuff just is so much easier than sweeping things under the carpet yeah. so yeah I'd just say I'm, I'm a very brave person yeah, <laughs> so where can people find you Kelly so we're on Instagram we're on Twitter I only just started really trying to use Twitter because it's just a minefield uh, Facebook uh, we're on TikTok and I'm also on LinkedIn under Kelly Newton so and my and obviously my website amazing that's great thanks so much for sharing some of your insights today Kelly I think it's a really inspirational story and I've loved chatting to you today so thank you so much oh you're so welcome it's been lovely to chat I love your little voice I love your little accent <laughs> so much nicer than mine <laughs> thanks Michelle thanks Kelly thank you so much for listening to this episode of the fashion startup show and make sure you subscribe and like the show so you never miss an episode 
If you're considering launching a fashion brand, but you feel like you're just not sure where to start, then visit my website where you can book a free chat to see how I can help you get started. You can find me at thefashionexpert.com or on Instagram and Facebook at thefashionexpertuk.com.